This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. We're used to hearing about the Green Bay Packers every Tuesday, but usually that comes directly from Aaron Rodgers when he appears with Pat McAfee. Today, this Tuesday, instead we've heard first directly from the Packers for the first time since all of this controversy started. Packers general Brian, general manager Brian Gutekunst has spoken. The question is, what did he tell us about the future of the organization and the team? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz were presented by Progressive Insurance. And Harry, we knew this was likely to happen today as the scouting combine's going on in Indy, and that means we start to hear from GMs across the league. It's one of the best parts about combine week, right? And so we knew that there was a good chance we would all hear from Packers general manager Brian Gutekunst. The question is, what was he going to say? Well, here's the first thing he had to say, Harry, about very specifically the question everybody wants to know the answer to. Does Green Bay want Aaron Rodgers back? Yeah, there's been some contact back and forth. Um, obviously, he's, he's had some things on his plate, uh, but hopefully those things will happen soon. Do you want him back as the quarterback of the Packers? Yeah, I think you know th- those discussions have to happen and making sure that it's the right fit, but um, obviously we know the kind of player that Aaron is. And, um, you know, once we have those conversations, we'll, we'll be able to move forward. We'll have more to say. It's a really complicated answer to a very simple question, Harry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's a few things to unpack there. And, and the first thing is, um, you know, there's a few things that, you know, they need to go through. And as long as Aaron Rodgers. But I think it's the same story, just a different year with A-Rod, right? Um, he's trying to figure out, does he want to play still? Does he want to be with the Green Bay Packers? Does he want to, you know, proceed in playing but with another team uh, while all at the same time the Packers front office and everyone else on their end they're waiting for his decision they're waiting to see what he's going to do they're constantly waiting again to see where Aaron Rodgers in his mind is and that's where we are right now Fitz at this moment I mean here's the thing because you're right we've been through this dance before but what makes this dance a little different is now we're hearing directly from the Packers and they seem to have more I, I would say uh, th- they seem a little less sure right now than we've seen in years past. In years past, it's been, oh, come on, Aaron Rodgers. We want you to play here so much. You have to be our quarterback. Please, please. Now, when you're asking Brian Gutekunst, do you want to back? His answer is, well, I mean, we got to see if it's the right fit. Think about for us. You and I love working together. We've been friends for a long time. We've loved this show. If you're sitting there reading a quote from me or you hear audio from me and somebody says, well, you want to work with Harry tomorrow? My answer to that is hell yes. And all of a sudden, everybody gets all the good feels. If you hear a quote from me and it's like, well, I mean, we got to figure out if it's the right fit. Harry's got some things he's got to figure out. The first thing I hear when I hear that is that the Packers aren't sure that they love Aaron Rodgers. And that that sort of confirms some of what we've been waiting to find out, where the Packers on their quarterback. To me, having anything other than squarely the answer, yeah, of course we want Aaron Rodgers back. He's Aaron Rodgers. Proves that there is at least a door here that the Packers are leaving open to just not wanting him around. Well, and, and some of the things like that happen, Fitz, when, you know, Two of the last three years, Aaron Rodgers was the MVP of the National Football League. Now, that single year, that one year that he wasn't, was last year. And we kind of seen Aaron Rodgers be, you know, somewhat human. Well, before that time, we seen him do miraculous things time and time again, over and over again. And granted, he had Devontae Adams with him a lot of that time, along with other receivers uh, who were no longer playing. 
But now this past season was the first year we've seen Aaron Rodgers without a dominant number one wide receiver guy, right? We, we didn't see the defense uh, hold their end of the bargain until late into the season. So a lot of things change, right? Aaron Rodgers, and granted, I understand that his worst day is a lot of quarterbacks' best day, but when you're accustomed to seeing Aaron Rodgers in a certain light for so long and consistently, that's what you expect every time you see him out on the football field. And I, I can't help but think about this right here, and I'm going to continue to go back to this. They had an opportunity their last game of the year to beat the Detroit Lions. Think, think about what I'm saying now. They had an opportunity to beat the Detroit Lions and move on to the playoffs. The Lions were down. Jared Goff and company had a drive they had to go put together to take the lead. They did so. Aaron Rodgers got the football back and had an opportunity to go down and score a touchdown and win the game for the Green Bay Packers. He threw an interception. So that's where we're at right now with the Green Bay Packers and their general manager, Gutekis, because we simply seen Aaron Rodgers not be A-Rod this season. Now, you, had, you got bits and pieces of him, but you didn't, you didn't see it from a consistent basis to what our, our, our naked eye is accustomed to seeing. So now he's saying, okay, we have Jordan Love. We have this young guy. Um, we got to make a decision on him at some point. But this guy has to play football. But how's he going to play football if Aaron Rodgers is there? I mean, you mentioned it. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. This is what Brian Gunnikins, the Packers GM, had to say about Jordan Love needing to get on the field. We're excited about him. You know, I think, you know, I've expressed to a lot of people that he needs to play. That's the next step in, in his progression. Uh, he needs to play. But Jordan's done a great job, worked really hard, you know, so he's doing everything we're asking. Nobody in the world would be better qualified to know what Jordan Love is capable of than the Packers organization right now because they see him every day. And Harry, you know as a player better than anybody else that's going to talk about this right now, how much a team can get an idea of who you are just from practice. I know how many snaps Aaron Rodgers has taken. I understand that Aaron Rodgers is getting the bulk of the work. But Jordan Love is, is proving something to this organization. Right now, they are better equipped than any one of us that are going to talk about him, right? Having seen him every day in practice to know if he's even capable of being their starter. Well, also, I would, I would remind a lot of people of this. You know, Matt LaFleur is their head coach, right? And he came from that Kyle Shanahan system. Uh, what I know from players that I've talked to in the National Football League is that first year in the system, it's going to be pretty rough for a lot of people, including the quarterback, right? But then that second year is when you really start to gain a little bit more ground. But that third year is really, is really where you hit the ground running. And I think Brian Gunekis, I think Matt LaFleur, all these guys understand that. And we've seen Aaron Rodgers and how he took off in the second year and the third year within that offense as well. And I just think they, they're in a better place when it comes to Jordan Love from the quarterback position, more so than they were a year ago and especially two years ago. So here's the one thing that keeps popping into my mind when we hear Brian Kudikun speak today, though. And, and this is just one of the layers of it. We all know what the scouting combine really is. It's a bunch of executives in the NFL getting, around, getting together having some drinks, uh, breaking all the rules in the NFL and trying to figure out who's going to take who, who's going to sign who, and who's going to trade who. Like, it's a liar's convention. So the one thing that, that really hits me when I hear him talk is I'm not sure what else he could have said. Like, in the process of talking, he's got to make sure, that, a couple of things here, that he tells everybody that they still want Aaron Rodgers because you don't want to lose any trade value if you don't like that situation. You've also got to make sure you tell everybody Jordan Love is ready to get out there because there's a chance if Aaron Rodgers comes back, you may have to trade Jordan Love, right? So you want to get Jordan Love's trade value up. There's also this weird situation where Aaron Rodgers decides he doesn't want to play. 
Jordan Love's camp feels like you were begging Aaron Rodgers, and now they feel like they're the the side piece. They don't want to be in a committed relationship with you. Like the number of mouths that the Packers had to feed with their statement today, I'm not surprised that they threw a little bit of love to Aaron Rodgers and a little bit of love to Jordan Love and a little bit of work good either way because, frankly, what they can't afford is to lose leverage and they can't afford to hurt relationships because they have no idea who the hell their starting quarterback is going to be this year. And I will say say this. I, I agree with you to a certain extent, though, because I don't think Jordan Love's in a situation where he could be feeling any type of way, right? If they present you an opportunity to go out there and play and showcase your skill set, um, forget the hell whatever what people said and how they were begging Aaron Rodgers and that whole nine. You get your opportunity, that's your golden moment. And that's the moment that he's waiting on, right? That's the moment that has not uh, arisen in the National Football League for him to start the duration of a season from start to finish. So if the Packers give you that opportunity, if they decide to move on from Aaron Rodgers, I don't care about anything, your feelings being hurt. Get over that. It's time to go play football and showcase what you can do in the National Football League. No, that's a really fair point. And I think, you know, some of this is just about making your guy feel loved in my mind sometimes when you get quarterbacks in these situations. And that's understandable. That's very understandable. But the other part of it is, I will continue to say, you know me, I'm always throwing this out here, the actual logistics of trading Aaron Rodgers are very difficult. So, you know, the, the, the amount of money that's going to cost the Green Bay Packers to trade him is substantial. And the more we get into this and the more the Packers sort of throw out the, well, this is just what Aaron Rodgers does every year. Like, I don't think anything's happened in the last month that's helped his trade value with Green Bay. So if you're the Packers, you're doing anything you can right now to try and talk up that you're great either way because you want teams to come to the table with something for a 39-year-old quarterback that may or may not every single year decide he wants to play. Like, this is not an easy trade to pull off. So all of us that are sitting there being radio GMs or TV GMs, just saying, well, they're going to trade him. Cool. Show me the hows and the whys. Because, man, you know me. Like, I worry about that stuff too much, Harry. But I just think that's it's easier said than done to just get rid of a, a contract the size of Aaron Rodgers. Oh, no, I agree with you 1,000%. It's not as easy as everyone is making it sound. But at the end of the day, if they want to get things done, they can get things done. Now, granted, Aaron Rodgers needs to be a part of that. Uh, that's why, I, I, I mean, I really don't understand and – Everybody's time is their time, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm very, you know, cautious of the way people utilize their time. But at the end of the day, man, are you playing or are you not playing? Do you want to be here or do you not want to be here? Damn, it ain't that hard. Well, one thing I know is we will keep our eyes and ears open for anything that we hear from Aaron Rodgers in response to this and more information as it comes out from the scouting combine. In the meantime... Is the window for success over for LeBron in L.A.? And I'm not just talking about this year. The foot injury we all found out about last night may shake up the NBA for the next several years. We'll tell you why. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Twenty-four hours ago, the debate was: How far can the Lakers go? What kind of the Lakers run? Can we be looking for what can we rely on from the Lakers? And here we sit a day later and it is absolute panic mode for all Lakers fans all across the country. Fitz and Harry on ESPN radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel 80 LeBron feared to be out for several weeks at this point with the foot injury. Here's the latest update from Woj. And I quote LeBron James right foot is expected to be reassessed in two weeks to see how much progress he's made. But timeline on return expected to extend beyond that checkpoint where Lakers reside in standings by then could impact how soon it makes sense for him to return. 
So, Harry, when I hear that, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, the first thing I think is, man, what we're hearing right there is that means if the Lakers haven't been able to tread water or stay right on the cusp of this thing, they're just going to shut them down. Like, that's what that feels like to me when you hear that. Well, and, and, and rightfully so, because you, when you look at a guy like LeBron and what he means to the Lakers, he's the only shot that they have at winning in my eyes, especially right now, but moving forward as well, because you haven't been able to count on AD, right, and him being healthy. So if you feel like at any point as an organization that you're not going to be able to get out of the first round or you're not going to be able to compete for a championship, why are you going to put LeBron in that position when he can, you know, rest his foot up, get it healthy, and be ready for next season? Uh, but I will say this, he- hearing that news, that you're going to get reassessed in two weeks. Fitz, listen, I've been there. Trust me. 2014, man, it was like the first, like the third game. I think it was the third game of the year. We we're playing against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm lined up in the slot at number three. I'm going on a deep over route. Know the ball's coming to me. DB grabs me. I immediately felt the pop in my foot. Went down, and uh, I-, I was out for about two and a half, three weeks. And my first game back was, was like when we played in London. So I understand and I know how, how this goes. And there's no timetable for it because I, I feel like I came back entirely too early. And every time I tried to walk on even, uh, uneven ground, sand, grass that wasn't level, it all, it all, it, it, everything irritated it. And every morning in the training room, I used to have to go get my metatarsals in my foot, moved around just so I can kind of feel a little bit comfortable. And to the, to the point to where I had to wear special orthotics in every pair of shoes that I wore, and I was going to get those things made left and right. So I understand where LeBron is coming from right now, uh, but I think rest is the best thing possible. See, I was, I was silly. I tried to come back too early, and I think I re-injured, re, re-injured it more. So, LeBron, take your time, man. If, if it takes time for you to you know, feel, feel right, then take that time. You're, you're, you're way too, much, too, too valuable to your team at this point. We're burying the lead here. Special orthotics. Like when I say I wore special orthotics in my shoes, people automatically presume they're like these clunky, you know, awful looking shoes. And like I'm walking around funny, even funnier than I usually walk. I'm look, and, and I hear special <laughs> orthotics and I'm immediately thinking like, wow, they make those for like, you know, red bottoms and, and Nikes. Cause like, you know, you, how do I, f- I just feel like even your special orthotics had like a brand name etched into the bottom of them and still look badass. Well, here's mine. the thing. I had them for my cleats. I had them for my dress shoes. And then I had them for my workout shoes. And then I had them for like my casual shoes, like, you know, my dressy casual shoes. So I had four different kind, and I would just take them out and rotate them in. And then the ones that I played in, when I felt like they were getting worn down, I would just uh, tell our head trainer to tell the guy to make me a new pair, and, and they would just ship them to me. Uh, well, and I think we can all agree that in general, for the most part, feet are nasty. But I'm I'm sure that Harry Douglas's feet were like little pallets, they're like cushioned feet, like little perfectly <laughs> pedicured. Like you know, you were walking in and then like setting him up there, and like you're somehow even your feet smell good. Like there's just this this Harry Douglas coming up, putting his feet up, and somebody feels like it's an honor, pr- pleasure, and privilege to get to rub those. You know, like that. But but, that, it's, it, but it's crazy though, Fitz, because when I hear that that two week range, I kind of like roll my eyes a little bit because. You know, knowing what I went through with the injury, take your time, LeBron. Get healthy. So stick there for a second because I think this is important context. And what happens for a lot of times is we hear a timetable and we as a general media and a general fandom population, we jump on the early portion of that time frame. And uh, when you think about what Woj said, he said it's at least a couple of weeks and then a reevaluation. This is important because I was working with Harry as we were getting ready 
to launch this show, we were working together as all of the Lamar Jackson conversations started around his knee. And at the time, you said, look, I know this knee injury, this time frame is not a, a inaccurate one. And what do you know? You were 100% right. I think it's an important reminder here that when we see time frames, time frames are usually for a double check or for where are we now, like a status. Almost like when you're playing a video game, you got to hit a certain marker by a certain time. Two weeks doesn't mean that he's suddenly going to be clear for action, Harry, in two weeks. Two weeks means in two weeks they're going to take a look at it. They're going to see where he is. And then by reading into what Woj is saying, they're going to look at where the Lakers are in the standings and decide if it's even worth it. So this could easily turn into something that takes LeBron out for the rest of the year for all we know. We have no idea when we can rely on the King to return to the court. Yeah, and I think it's, it's a lot worse for guys who play basketball because the agility is different. You know what I mean? Like you're changing direction at the stop of a dime, at the blink of an eye, and when you're defending someone, you don't know where they're going to go initially. So now your foot and your body is just reacting to someone else. But then, you know, when you're trying to get to the rim or you want to stop on the dime and pull up, it's going to, you know, you, you might aggravate it. And if you step on someone's foot, then that can re-aggravate it too because now that becomes uneven ground, even with the orthotics in, in, in your shoe. I just want to point out my professionalism, though, because I've waited 23 minutes into our show today to remind everybody that I was right. If you listen to the alter egos of this show, Mr. Cleo is one of them. And what have I been saying for the last couple of weeks? You just can't rely on the health of the Lakers. Now, I never, ever, ever want an athlete to be hurt, ever. I want to see the best of LeBron. And as I've been saying all week, and you heard me say it repeatedly yesterday, I'd love to see the Lakers go on a run and get to the finals because that's great content for us. But this is the problem. As LeBron is being asked to do more and more at a point in his career where he was supposed to be asked to do less and less, but because you can't rely on AD to be the lifter of all the heavy things and because LeBron is essentially out here lifting the Lakers uh, with using his legs uh, all up on his shoulders to try and keep them in the playoffs, this seems like it was an inevitability to me. Like, this is the reason why, for the last week, I've been saying, hold your horses on the Lakers. These are the exact, like, you never can predict an injury. But when you look at just the way this has been going, the trajectory says this was an inevitability. One of the stars were going to go down, and if one of the stars go down, the Lakers have nothing. Yeah, and, and I think the, the fact that Anthony Davis has not been healthy his entire stint with the Los Angeles Lakers, that played his part in it. Right, so what does that mean? LeBron James has to play more games. LeBron James has to play more minutes. LeBron James has to carry the load, right? And instead of Anthony Davis being that guy, but he he's a guy that has you can't really bank on because of his injury history. And now here we are with the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James and those guys trying to fight for a playoff berth or a play-in situation or the sixth seed and not being far away from it. But now the guy who drives the ship and the guy that everyone counts on. And the guy that the offense runs through is hurt. LeBron is averaging, what, 29, I think, 29, 9, and 8, if I'm not mistaken, or 29, 8, and 8, at, 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 at 38 years old. So it's no way that he should be carrying this load like this, but it also shows you that the non-availability of Anthony Davis plays a part in this whole ordeal. LeBron heard a pop. And we now know that that's led to a foot injury that will have him out for several weeks. Are the Lakers done? Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. You guys can call in 888-SAY-ESPN, 
Tell us if you think the Lakers are done. Tell us if you think LeBron's done. Where are you on all of it? Fitz and Harry brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. Want to make sure you're caught up to on the uh, Woj update, which informed us that in a couple of weeks he'll be reevaluated. At that point, they'll figure out how far along he is, and the conversation will at least include where the Lakers are in the standings. So none of this is easy moving forward because certainly – uh, there's a lot on the line, and there's a lot on the line tonight, Harry, because the Lakers take on a Memphis team that you know hasn't necessarily played their be- best basketball as of late. We've been tough on this Memphis team, I think, because we have high expectations for them, and now they go into this game without LeBron, and at this point, D'Angelo Russell, somebody that you've been really high on since his acquisition to L.A., is doubtful for this game, and like this is weird spot, and you'll have to tell me from an athlete standpoint, you know, if you're somebody going through your own injury, how do you separate the noise and the pressure now to come back sooner because the team needs you more and I feel like that has to be happening to D'Angelo Russell right now well I think you have to be mentally strong because you you want to understand that okay yes your teammate is down but you have your own separate injury you don't want to be forcing yourself back because another person is hurt the next thing you know you're not fully healed and then you re-injure yourself that much more and I will say this now this this injury to LeBron James and D'Angelo Russell right now is significant because you look at their next eight games, Fitz, and four of the eight games are against teams defensively that are top nine in the NBA. And why is that important? So now you have a guy in Anthony Davis who's an offensive threat. You have a guy in Malik Beasley who's an offensive threat. But if D'Angelo Russell isn't out there, now you have Dennis Schroeder, you have Jared Vanderbilt, and whoever else you're going to put in the lineup. Where, where, where are you going to get your, your exclusive scoring from? You know, if you're going against the Memphis Grizzlies tonight, who, who are the sixth best defensive team in the NBA. They guard on the, on the perimeter very well. They guard inside in the paint very, very well. Where are you going to get your offense in your, in, in your, in your, you know, in, 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 your, in your clicks? I don't, I, I don't know. But, the, but, but the hard- that puts that much pressure on Anthony Davis now. Right, and that's the hardest part of this. And, and I don't know, I feel like we'll say this until we're blue in the face. Like, this chapter of the Lakers is not really defined to me by, the, by anything that LeBron has to do. It's defined by the fact that AD didn't become who AD was supposed to become. Like, this was oh, I got a message be- for him. I got okay. a message for him. Hey, you're up. You're up. No more, hey, LeBron carrying the weight. I'm going to chip in. No, you're up. LeBron's hurt. You, you got to hold things afloat. You got to carry the load like LeBron's been doing most of the season. Now, that's why I'm going to be watching closely to that game tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies because I want to see the mindset of Anthony Davis. I want to see if he's going to go out there and be a dog. That's what I want to see. That, that's what I want to see. I don't want to see nothing less from him, Fitz. But also Malik Beasley. Um, also Dennis Schroeder. Who am I missing? Ru- uh, Rui H- Hachimura. I want to see the mindsets of, of everybody. The leader of the troops is down. Is everyone else going to elevate their play? Or are they going to fold, Fitz? That's what I want to see tonight versus the Memphis Grizzlies. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. And and this is that moment where we can't have it both ways. You know, I I go back to when AD was acquired. The conversation was you got two of the top five players in the NBA together, right? Like, and there's this moment where I can excuse so much of what's happened for LeBron any time that we're looking at something like this, you're 38 years old, you're, you're playing the minute you're playing, you're 38 years old, you're having the production you're, you're having, you're 38 years old, I'll keep saying that. Like, at some point, you weren't expected to be a god. You were expected to be a great basketball player. Unfortunately, because AD did not continue, not only didn't continue to develop, 
AD's just not as scary to anybody as he was a few years ago. Health, health is part of that, but there's just there seems to be a different ability for certain guys in big moments to take over and say, you cannot stop me, you can only try and contain me. I heard people this morning when I was watching Get Up in first take, and they're talking about the fact, well, AD's really a guy that finishes at the rim and without LeBron out there to create. We can't do this. We can't start qualifying what was supposed to be a top five player in the NBA. If Anthony Davis is him, then go out and, damn it, be him in this moment. Like, well, see, that's, you that's got- the thing. I don't know if he's him. Because, see, this morning on KJM, and I was on there for the first hour with Jason Williams, Jay Will, right? And he brought something to my attention. Like, when you look at a Kevin Durant, you look at a Giannis, you look at a Jokic, all these guys can initiate the offense. That's not Anthony Davis. He can't initiate the offense. He has to have someone get him the basketball in his sweet spot, set him up to get him to that point. You know, you very rarely see Anthony Davis get the ball, bring it down the court, you know what I'm saying? Cross somebody over, go to the rim, and get to his spot. That's that's not AD. It's 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 mainly LeBron or whoever the point guard is setting them up, getting the ball to him in his sweet spot, like we've seen at the end of the game versus the Dallas Mavericks when Luka was on him. Right? He got the ball in his sweet spot, turn baseline, hit the fadeaway, and, and put the Lakers in a great position. So that that's one of the differences. That's why it's also tough that LeBron is out because now you have a guy in LeBron who's an offensive threat, who people are nervous of. And it takes pressure off of Anthony Davis, right? Now, with LeBron not being out there, that's another guy that people don't have to worry about. So now the defense is they're, they're going to they're gonna latch on to Anthony Davis that much more. The interesting part about that, because I think you're 100% right, I just think that means a lot of us need to throw up our hands and say, my bad, I was wrong. Not about the Lakers, not about LeBron, but specifically about who AD was. Because if you stepped into L.A., supposedly playing – with LeBron in a way that was going to make this a tandem that was virtually unstoppable and was going to make this a passing of the torch moment where LeBron is no longer the best player in the NBA because AD has taken that over. And now we're looking at it saying, not only is AD not the best player in the NBA, which was what a lot of people expected in this situation, he's not even him. Man, that's a lot of people that were really wrong about who AD is, and that is what has ultimate consequence to where the Lakers are. And I'll say this, and it's not shade to AD. I, I'm just giving my observation on what I've been seeing. You know, what he's shown me. He's shown me he hasn't been able to be counted on. He showed me he hasn't been that guy that's healthy. Now, we've seen Anthony Davis in the bubble. We've seen that Anthony Davis be a dog. We've seen that Anthony Davis go up and down the floor. We've seen that guy be, play a prominent role in the NBA championship. The only thing you know, is, Fitz, we haven't seen it since then. You know, you know why I don't – I know a lot of people perceive some of this as shade. The reason that I've never backed down from, from saying things like that – I don't give a damn like about them because I know is, what my eyes telling yeah. me. Well, I also am never afraid to say, man, I was wrong. And so, like, if you're not playing like that guy and you start playing like that guy, I will be the first person yeah. in, in radio to stand up in front of a mic and say, holy cow, was I wrong about that? So, you know, all of this can be disproven. All AD has to go out – is do is go out and be the most dominant player in the world, which is what some people thought he would be by now, and he clearly isn't. Fitz and Harry's brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. We'll keep breaking down what this means for the Lakers, not just now, but for the rest of the year. But we also want to hear from you guys. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What's your level of panic, Lakers fans? How y'all feeling about this at this point? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 888- Seven two nine three seven seven six. We'll get to more of your calls that you guys take over the show. But first, Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. In just a few minutes, we'll get back to the big news out of the NFL Scouting Combine as today is Tuesday. We've heard from the Packers. We'll tell you what it means for Aaron Rodgers. But right now, the big news in the NBA is that LeBron James is out at least a couple of weeks. He'll be reevaluated in a couple of weeks. So we know it's at least that long. And then depending on where the Lakers are in the standings and depending on where he is in his recovery, they will have a better sense in a couple of weeks. There are no assurances right now of if or when we will get LeBron back. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's how you guys get in on the conversation. We're asking you your thoughts on LeBron and the Lakers. Are they done? Where are we? What's the level of panic? Let's go to Dana in Virginia. Dana, thanks for calling the show. What you got? What's up? Um, what's up, HD? I heard what's you're good, early baby? on Keyshawn. I heard you're early on Keyshawn and them this one. Um, but I'm going to go here. I'm going to say this. I don't see when the Lakers was ever anything this season. They were they was done from the beginning of the season, starting with Westbrook. They never took care of that situation, so they was done in the beginning of the season. Rob Pelinka makes some moves. He added some pieces to the team, which made the team better because we did get rid of Westbrook. But the Lake, like I said, the Lakers been done. I'm saying the Lakers been done since LeBron been there because his half GM and Rob Palinka GM GMing what he been doing since he been there been garbage. He get a little flowers for these little moves he made now, but all the moves he has done since he been there been garbage. Magic walked away from the team. That hurt us as far as that front office stuff and we got stuff with Palinka and Jeannie Buss. We got look at look at look at um um Kuzman. Look at all the players, Ingram, uh, um Caruso, all the players that we didn't got rid of too soon. Look what they do on that other team. Why we couldn't keep these players and develop these players with the Lakers, then we still have draft picks, we still have cap pace, space, and then we could have got um Paul George and some other superstar to come with the team. Dana, thanks for the call, man. But here's what I'd say. You're a 1,000% right, but the organization gave up on having any interest in developing once they went in on LeBron, right, Harry? Like, once you yeah. went on, on, they don't care about what these players are going to be. LeBron, that's been the fatal flaw for the Lakers. Yeah, that, and that's how LeBron thinks. That's his mindset. Who can help me right now compete for a championship? Now, Dana wasn't wrong in anything that he said. Nope. I because agree with I look everything. at Brandon Ingram. I look at what's on the Lakers roster right now. They'll be fine. They'll be set. But I do agree with him. Now, as far as – now, they still had an opportunity to play in situation, and they still do, and potentially get the sixth seed because it's not like they're like seven or eight games out from the sixth seed. You have a bunch of teams bunched up, I think, within a three-game span – and when LeBron James was healthy when he was out there, that was more likely for them to go get and reach. I got, now I've got a, out, be- I've I got a better so. chance of making the Lakers than the Lakers do of getting the six seed without LeBron. I mean, no, no, no. I'm saying with LeBron. Oh, with LeBron. Had a, okay, yeah, yeah. They yeah had, okay. With LeBron, they had a chance to get that six seed. Without LeBron, gotcha. I, I don't even be hairy for him. Donovan in Virginia. Donovan, thanks for calling the show, man. What you got? What's going on, man? Hey, well, my Lakers, I think we should sign Dwight Howard and Lance Stevenson because with Dwight Howard, we could take the pressure off AD, you know what I'm saying, instead of doing everything on offense and defense, let Dwight Howard, you know, block and rebound, and AD can take over on offense. And with Lance Stevenson, 
it'll just be like another uh, versatile score, ball handler. And, you know, with D'Angelo Russell, it's not like a serious injury like LeBron, so he'll probably come back in a couple games. But as far as this being done, as long as the Lakers get into the playoffs, Lakers game will be happy, you know what I'm saying? Just We know where we're at right now. It's just like, man, this happened right when we was making a, making a turn for the season. But just sign some veterans and just play defense, man. We'll see what happens, man. But Don, well, Donovan, I, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but LeBron not coming back in a couple of games. They just said it was going to be a two-week uh, evaluation. Now, within those two weeks, they play eight games. They play the Memphis Grizzlies, Oklahoma City Thunder, the Minnesota Timberwolves, Golden State Warriors, Memphis again, Toronto, New York, and New Orleans. I don't think LeBron going to be back for any one of those games. Uh, you look at OKC beat the Lakers recently, um, when LeBron uh, Eclipse uh, became the, the leading all-time scorer in NBA history, Minnesota's fighting for their lives right now. Uh, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say their lives. They're fighting for a playoff spot. The Golden State Warriors, at some point, they're going to get, you know, Steph Curry back. Memphis, they're, they're looking go, to go into the playoffs uh, in better standings, in which we see, uh, more so than what we've seen them the last few weeks, a few uh, a month. Toronto, they're fighting right now for a playoff spot. The Knicks have won six in a row. Uh, and Thibodeau Tibbs got those guys playing defense. <laughs> and Jalen Bronson and Julius Randle have been on a tear, have been on a, 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 a scoring spree. And then the New Orleans, uh, Orleans Pelicans, those guys still got to pump it up a little bit more. Zion's still out. But, you know, it's not going to be an about, easy out. Think about what we just heard him say, though. He's like, you know, man, just as we were about to make a run, that's the only thing that, that's weird about this because now if you're a Lakers fan, you can almost just bank on the, well, we were going to make the playoffs. We were going to make a run. It's the LeBron injury. It almost delays having to face the inevitable, which is y'all weren't good enough from the outset. Like the, the Lakers should be better with those superstars. Like I, I think it, it all comes back to how you want to couch it because now you've certainly got p- people that will turn around and be like, oh, we, we were going to be fine, Harry. <laughs> no. It, it was going to be – it was going to be an uphill battle, right? right? First round, depending on matchup and where they were seeded, then they potentially, depending on matchup, they could have won that, but they weren't going to get anything past second round. Trust we'll me. keep taking your calls on the Lakers for sure. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. We know you guys love chiming in on this. We'll make sure you continue to have a voice. But coming up, one NFL veteran was released yesterday, and it reminded us why the draft is a crapshoot. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.